Welcome to Technology Forward, where we explore trends and developments in the additive manufacturing industry. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening. In today's episode, we're going to hear how Dr. Joe DeSimone, Executive Chairman of Carbon, views recent events that could impact developments in the additive manufacturing industry. A brief history here, Dr. DeSimone developed a way to speed up the process, often referred to as stereolithography, through his knowledge of chemistry, which injected new energy into that part of the additive industry. Carbon has since gone on to deliver several more innovations in a continuous effort to make additive manufacturing faster. So thank you for joining me today, Joe. Thanks, Leslie. Nice to be with you. Okay, so first of all, do you think the recent focus on the additive industry from its abilities to address supply chain gaps will last, or will this be a temporary development? Well, you know, I think the, uh, when you talk about supply chain, you're mostly talking about manufacturing. Uh, at least that's what I think about. And mm-hmm. to the, you know, the additive technology that one has is able to bridge the gap between prototyping and manufacturing, then uh, yes, immensely, because uh, it really shows, you know, when you have the agility in a supply chain, uh, that uh, that uh, our 3D printing technology has, then you are able to make pivots and adjust things dynamically, just like we're dealing here with the COVID-19. But you know whether it's an earthquake or a storm or you know even geopolitical reasons, the ability to have a distributed manufacturing supply chain uh, is more than here to stay. I think it's actually a is going to be incredible, increasingly obvious that having agility, uh, dynamism in your supply chain will, will allow those companies that have that to be much more successful in the future. Yeah, that's a very good point as far as in uh, storms or in weather conditions or some other challenges to the supply chain. COVID just brought it up that we have this agility, but other possibilities arise too where this could be important. Yeah, you know, the irony is that, you know, this pandemic uh, hit uh, Lombardy, Italy uh, really hard. And that was one of the main factories for uh, the corona- coronavirus testing swabs. And so that, you know, here's a, here's a supply chain disruption that hit a global point and uh, choke point. And it really proved, uh, you know, wh- what that triggered was, <clears throat> you know, from ground zero, we had to design a new, a new device. And mm-hmm. so, you know, nasopharyngeal swabs hadn't been, you know, was first developed in the 1920s, shortly after the Spanish flu, and, and really has only seen incremental uh, changes since then. And then and we so, were able to ramp up very quickly after that. Yeah, so it took, you know, it was 20 days in designing, wow. engineering a, a new swab, and 50 days after that, we completed over a 400 patient clinical assessment at Stanford University with two different designs and showed non-inferiority and a hint at uh, some preferable opportunities here with the lower, potentially lower uh, negative, uh, false negative rates. And so, especially for low viral loading. And so it was really a pretty stimulating and inspiring time. Mm-hmm. Now in the particular area of additive manufacturing that your company focuses on, what developments can we expect to see in the near term? What kind of things are you exploring is both in hardware, software, and even in materials? You know, I, I think 
Well, you know, I, I think of things more in the markets that we're serving. And, you know, when you think about consumer, you know, foam replacement has just taken off. And whether that, you know, the, the lead for us obviously was, the, was Adidas and, uh, and then quickly the Riddell liner for football helmets, uh, the specialized and physique bike saddles. And, and there's many more coming of those, of that ilk. And it's a, it's a huge opportunity. And, you know, I think this whole field of additive manufacturing, digital manufacturing is going to be defined by the killer apps. And, you know, what are the, the killer apps? And, you know, those are, those are some really big ones. And, and uh, coming on the heels of those is, you know, now that we've got uh, parts in uh, vehicles, you know, it took us a couple of years to go through the, the, the Ford quality standards there, but, you know, we're, we're the first company to have production parts on new vehicles sold out of Detroit. And, and uh, that was no small feat, but that really set the stage for amazing materials that opened up applications and electrical connectors and other sort of brackets. And now with the new RPU 130, uh, a really tough ductile material, you know, again, it opens up <clears throat> further applications in the automotive spaces. And so you're gonna see continued uh, applications there and to close adjacencies, including consumer electronics. and. You know, it, what's interesting, once you hit a, you know, once a part goes commercial, they need, you know, they need 3 million a year or whatever it is. And, you know, there's a hundred printers right there just to service that, you know, application and depending on, again, the size and, and scope. And, and so that's what we really do is bring these killer apps. And obviously dental has been a, a mainstay for us and, and one that we have a great MPS score and, and. And the business model allows a close partnership there. But what's really important is new materials that open up and grow that market. And so having the world's first FDA approved 3D printed dentures, you know, that's a $14 billion market. When you go from full dentures to the partial removable dentures, they, uh, that it really opens up some big, big opportunities. And so that I think, uh, you know, every material opens up the TAM, uh, the total addressable market. And, and, but it's full manufacturing solutions that really allow the volume to take place. Is there one killer app or are this industry is going to be affected more by dozens of killer apps? Thousands of killer apps. Thousands. Okay. No, seriously, because <clears throat> look, 3d printing is, you know, we're all excited about it, but it's a pretty modest industry as currently practiced. It's about an yeah. $8 billion marketplace and that's hardware materials, software, and even the parts. And, uh, and it's been that way for a while with, you know, modest organic growth. And, you know, we look at the, the juggernaut that injection molding is, that's a 300 plus billion dollar uh, marketplace. And, you know, a fraction of that is going to be accessible to us or, and really opens up a huge growth opportunity, but it, it but it's only going to be those technologies that can scale into manufacturing that are going to differentiate and I think you're going to see further, you know, further differentiation on that because, you know, when you bring a product to market in manufacturing and you learn uh, all the challenges with your own technology and all the peripheral needs and you solve those problems, like we've had, we constantly are solving problems uh, and these are hard problems. And as you do that, you know, the moat uh, around this business gets deeper and wider just because of the learning curve that you've gone through and that you know how to solve difficult problems. You know, having printers run 24 hours a day, six days a week, an entire fleet of them, 
uh, you learn a lot about what you what you offer, and uh, and that's what we've been able to do, and and uh, and that's what makes this business increasingly resilient as we go through these learning curves. Now we've kind of mentioned a little bit about digital manufacturing along with connectivity. How do you see additive manufacturing within the context of digital manufacturing? Well, you know, I think I look at it in two phases. You know, the obvious one now that we're in and we're, we're taking advantage of is having a process at its core, the printing process, the digital light synthesis that we use is intrinsically digital. It's a software controlled chemical reaction to grow parts. And that, that in itself is a, an important foundation. And then when you fold on top of that, 100% smart hardware, you know, our founding VP of engineering, Craig Carlson was the founding VP of engineering at Tesla. And, and just like the Tesla is still the only car that gets over the air software upgrades, our printer gets over the air software upgrades and it, it increases its capability, uh, especially as our, as our understanding of our process grows uh, and the process is intrinsically digital. So that's allowed us to scale the business digitally. And it's really uh, the key. But I think the next phase of this is now that you have manufacturing uh, network, you know, we're, we're in 17 different countries now and, and you now have a, um, you know, the, the, for look, just look at the dental marketplace, you know, with all these dental labs supporting the dentists. I think there's like 7,000 dental labs in North America supporting 100,000 dentists. And they were hammered during the, the COVID-19 here. And uh, they're almost back to, to where they were. And, and plus, they were able to pivot to face shields and nasopharyngeal testing swabs. And so that kind of adaptability is a is the is what enables the resiliency and agility in a supply chain to to pivot uh, when there's a when there's a supply chain disruption and then on top of that then we'll be doing things like helping people manage their inventory you know the world's got billions and billions of dollars <laughs> tied up in inventory mm-hmm. a lot of that inventory is in polymeric parts and a lot of those polymeric parts are sitting in climate controlled warehouses just aging and polymeric parts, you know, will undergo physical aging. They will densify, they'll hydrolyze, they'll discolor. You often want a, a fresh part. And so our ability to, <clears throat> to offer a warehouse in the cloud uh, stems from at the core making things digitally. And so that really opens up where every part is barcoded. I think of every part as being alive. Every, every running shoe with every midsole has a unique data matrix on it. And, Every one of those parts has a unique record in the cloud. We got its birth certificate, it's born on date, its conditions, which data file, which resin, which printer, which location. But then you can also do post-market surveillance, you know, all the data. And it keeps populating that record all the way to the point where you do recycle. And so we've got some big plans to offer <clears throat> resins. And this is chem- you know, breakthroughs in technology that allow us to have reversible thermosets that some of our highest volume resins can be after the life cycle of the part can be turned back to liquid and, uh, and used to different extents. And so that's where we're heading. Interesting. It's some of the things that I've been hearing lately in all of this development, people are starting, or at least the medical community is starting to take a strong look at 3d printing and maybe having more printers kind of on site so that they can quickly ramp up and build certain parts like, personal protection equipment 
as they need if they can't find sources for that. So that's an interesting angle that's going on. Yeah, you know, I you know, I think hospitals will keep you know two three weeks worth of supplies as backup, and not more than that. And then when you get hit with your ICUs capacity being limited, you know, it very quickly will deplete uh, that inventory. And so that's, that's going to be an important area. But, you know, I think what's coming is the ubiquity of scanning. And just like intraoral scanning has driven the dental marketplace and is really opening up digital dentures for the first time. Uh, I think this uh, digital scanning, just like we do with Riddell in personalized football helmets, you're going to see you know, scanning centers, I think, as you go more ubiquitous and, and uh, uh, it'll go beyond intraoral and you see ears and, and orthotics in your feet. But, you know, we're, um, we're working with some folks uh, locally in for some neonatal uh, cleft palate um, patients. And, and uh, you can think about you know, those babies have a difficult time uh, yeah. feeding properly and and, uh, and there's opportunities for, you know, really working those kinds of uh, opportunities to really get into much more impactful uh, than, you know, PPE is impactful, no, no, no question. But as you start getting into advanced materials, advanced software, advanced capabilities, we're, we're, we're excited to have a bigger impact than just PPE. Mm -hmm. What are you hearing from customers as to the challenges they are having in using additive technology during these pandemic conditions? Well, as we work more at home, uh, you know, I think we're seeing acceleration of digital for sure. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> but, you know, it's um, those of us that are you know, in the physical world, it's, uh, you know, innovation. I worry a little bit about innovation being, uh, uh, stifled uh, or, or reduced by not having a physical uh, being physically together. I think a lot of innovation is is from interactions, and you know, it, Zoom has been great, but you know, I think a lot of people are exhausted already. And, <laughs> and I think the ability of uh, engaging with people and and the innovations that come from that. You know, we never would have had the breakthrough we have uh, for our, our technology if we weren't together. And, uh, and you really got to, you, you know, we got to get everybody back together. We got to get the vaccines going. We got to continue to accelerate testing and, uh, and get back to where we were. Yeah, I was wondering if, so a lot of your employees are working from home and are you actually seeing kind of a, a reduction in innovation or not just yet? No, no, not yet. I mean, I, I was thinking more, you know, long-term for the nation. Um, what is interesting is, is uh, how we work has definitely changed as, as a society. And, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of the job functions that a lot of people thought, well, there's no way you could do those unless you were in the building. Mm -hmm. And uh, now you sort of realize like, holy smokes, there's a whole bunch of people that are way more effective because they're not worried about an hour and a half commute. And, um, and you know, if we take care of the childcare, uh, issues which are, you know, important. I think there's going to be a lot more jobs that can be done from home. Uh, and I think you're going to see a sort of an avant-garde sort of a perspective uh, that that's going to become more commonplace and how we structure our buildings and, and uh, there'll be less reliance on, on the in-person, but we'll, you know, we'll get back to some, you know, the pendulum will swing back closer to where we were, but I think there's going to be a lot more job functions that don't have to be directly there. And, it's going to be a new normal. And I also think we're going to get fewer colds and all those things too. So 
Yeah. That's good for everybody. Um, th those were pretty much most of my questions, but is there anything we haven't touched on that you would like to comment on? Well, you know, I, I think, you know, just to summarize that, you know, this, this uh, supply chain disruption, the pandemic uh, has, you know, shined a bright light on those technologies that are able to scale in the manufacturing. And I think it's, uh, the, the existence proof is, is, was there before, but it's really there now with so many great examples. And, and I think it's gonna be the way of the future. And, and then really designing advanced products that you couldn't get um, by traditional injection molding and the speed of product introductions and is really gonna be continuing to be the drive going forward. And we're really thrilled the, of having that capability and the scaling capability that Ellen Coleman brings to carbon is just absolutely really amazing. So at the end of the day, it's great experience, leadership, great technology, great opportunity and customers that not only love, but can count on us and our products is really the key. All righty. Well, thank you so much for your time, Joe. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Leslie. And thanks for doing what you do. We really appreciate that. Thank you.